Hello and welcome to this edition of the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Hampton Inn, Thomasville, Georgia. On our last episode, we discussed the evolution of business travel, part one. You know, we covered some of the basics and it really got us to this point. Today, we're going to focus on the travel trinity. Planes, hotels, and smartphones. So traveling by plane has truly become greyhound in the sky. I had an uncle that was a pilot. My father-in-law was a pilot. I grew up in the world of flying standby, and that meant two things. A jacket or a dress, depending on your gender, and polished shoes. You know, the rest of the patrons held close to those guidelines as well. Now when you fly, you'll be bombarded with those wearing pajamas, as well as those that believe their tech entitles them to wear, well, you know, most anything. Years ago, I sound like my dad, damn it, there was a reward for airline loyalty. And when I first hit true Delta status, and when I say true Delta status, that's status beyond signing up for some program at the airport or a credit card and then taking the required two or three flights to get free luggage. You know, status meant something. It meant regular upgrades, even when I was flying out of Atlanta, one of Delta's busiest hubs. But it meant those upgrades. It meant lounge visits. It meant free luggage. It meant gateside luggage. I mean, it really held some value. You know, so much so that during the month of December, road warriors would go on what was commonly referred to as a medallion run, just to hold on to their status. Now, if you've never heard the term medallion runs, it means a couple of things depending on what airline program you're into. You know, if your program consisted of segments, it meant that every flight that you took during the month of December would stop in as many cities as possible between your departure, your destination, and then back home. If it was based on miles, it probably meant that your December travel was going to be filled with flights for things that could have been handled with something as simple as a phone call. You know, medallion runs aren't as common anymore, and, and the main reason is the way that these current programs are structured. If you haven't fulfilled your status requirements by December 1st, you're going to have a very tough, long, and very, very expensive month. In 2019, if you're flying domestically, the upgrades are being challenged by all the folks with gold or platinum credit cards. And recently, I flew on Delta, where, again, I have no status, haven't had for probably four or five years by now. And I had Zone 2. Well, back in the day, Zone 2 really wasn't that bad of a boarding group. Well, fast forward to 2019, and Zone 2 is equivalent to the good old Zone 7 or 8. I mean, the way Delta does, they built, they board premium, they board first class, they board sky, they board comfort select. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So that, too, really I was getting on with the uh, the 7th or the 8th group boarding. And the airlines don't care. Look, they're getting, you know, probably 22% interest rate on those credit cards that people are racking up. You know, in the last 20 years, airline upgrades, meals, lounge access, they've all diminished, you know, but yet the prices have still pretty much held true or even increased. Now, hotels, on the other hand, have gained significant ground. For me, membership still does have privileges. Dollar for dollar, I'm not sure if I spend more on hotels or airlines, but the hotels seem to take better care of me. You know, I routinely get upgraded to suites combined with free drink coupons. Yeah, you know, you've got my loyalty. You know, for example, I recently booked a trip into Vegas using my American Express Hilton card. Within days, I received a $200 on-property credit for the hotel to my account. 
Now, look, they're smart enough to know that 200 bucks probably isn't going to get me much in Vegas, probably going to get me in enough trouble or enough drinks where I'm going to throw down on the on the tables, and they're probably going to turn that $200 into probably three to $400 back. You know, oftentimes I need to cancel hotel rooms last minute, and the way that most of the hotel chains have changed, you can't do that. You know, it used to be you could cancel a room 24 hours out, no problem, and now it's very, very tough to do. But these loyalty programs allow me to do it without incurring any penalties. You know, try calling an airline and cancel a last-minute flight and asking for the same. You know, hotels have also upgraded their game when it comes to amenities. There's a Hampton Inn in Columbia, South Carolina, that provides bicycles so you can pedal around the accompanying lake. The Hampton Inn Coconut Creek has a putting green located out front, and the Marriott in Mobile, Alabama, has a fitness center that will probably put your local Globo Gym to shame. For instance, a few weeks ago, my hotel room in Knoxville had a device called an Air Spa, and it looked like a humidifier with a some kind of an iPad or a tablet on top of it. But this device offered UV-sanitized, mist-produced humidifier, aromatherapy with four natural-inspired scents. And I could only imagine what the four natural-inspired, nature-inspired scents were, probably the zoo, and 16 soundscapes to aid in better sleep and relaxation. You know, all this luxury for a mere $10 a day. Needless to say, I passed. For me, the biggest game-changer when it comes to business travel has to be the cell phone, or as we call it, the smartphone. You know, when I first began traveling, the cell phone was just that, a phone. I was able to call home, maybe to the office, but little else. And I think I even had the, uh, the Zach Morris model of AT&T, which was this behemoth. I don't know if it was one and a half or three watt. I'm sure I probably got brain tumors incubating in my head from using that thing. But that was, it was huge. It, it weighed, I don't know, probably two to three pounds, and it was just it was a beast. But all it did was make phone calls on it. Around 2000, HP introduced what they called their iPack, and it was a digital assistant. I mean, these things weren't cheap, and they did little more than sync my calendar, notes, and email using a USB connection. I mean, how many people now actually connect their iPhone or their uh, Droid device with a USB cable except for charging? I mean, nobody, nobody transfers data that, way, data that way. You know, and there were some add-ons to these devices that allowed for network connectivity and GPS, but they all work, you know, marginally at best. 2007 bought us the first of the the iPhones, and this also was a game changer. You know, there was no app store to speak of, but I remember the first time I saw one, I was having a business meeting at the Bonefish Grill in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And our client walks in and casually kind of tw- throws down his uh, brand new iPhone on the table, and the only thing that I wanted to see was the ability to pinch and zoom in on photos. I mean, something that had been touted on the uh, the Apple release of the product. Now, fast forward, what, 10 years, 11 years, and we're on iPhone version whatever. The App Store rules our world. And you know, In case you haven't noticed, Apple isn't always just about, you know, computers and phones and hardware. Their business model is truly software. Anything they can do to secure your ongoing revenue stream beyond buying just another piece of hardware. I mean, recently my wife got a phone, whatever the new iPhone ten XR, and they gave us a second one to go with it. You know why? Because they knew that that second one, was going to bring them another $30, $40 a month in revenue for the cell phone plan. The, the, the piece of hardware is, is, is meaningless to them. You know, apps have truly changed our world, especially for the business travel, and I call this whole transition the death of distance. You know, my physical location no longer has anything to do with my productivity. I mean, for me, my world's changed. I can book 
and cancel a flight using my phone, book a hotel room, book a rental car without ever talking to a person. You know, while booking those, I got the ability to choose the plane seat that I want, the room that I want, the model car, again, without ever talking to anyone. These things are simple, right? No big deal. But what makes my life easier is the automation brought on by these apps. I mean, I can automatically check into my flight and my hotel room and know where my rental car is without, again, talking to anybody. You know, for me, I despise cabs. I have no idea why, but ordering an, an Uber at 4.15 in the morning to catch a flight is easy. It's automated. You know, short of some rando conversation with the driver, there's nothing else required of me. I don't have to slide a credit card through. I don't have to fumble for my wallet. You know, I'm also not a fan of room service, and again, I have no idea why, but Uber Eats allows me to order wings with a side of tacos. Don't judge. Again, automation is the key. Think about it. GPS and directions, a no-brainer when it comes to the phone. Heck, I can even send my arrival information to anybody. I'm still what they call a writing enthusiast. I love pens and notebooks. But Google Tasks allow me to dictate tasks complete with subtasks and due dates. I use Evernote as my data management system. I can store virtually any type of a file that I can upload via my phone or my PC. Then I can easily access it from any device, share it from any device. I also rely heavily on TripIt. I mean, it scours my emails looking for ones related to travel, then has the intelligence built in to group these emails into one nice, concise, neat travel itinerary that I can view or share with anybody in my family. You know, my home's automated. It's controlled by my phone. You know, for example, I've got an app that displays all the cameras around my home. I can show me, it can show me something as simple as a kitchen light that was left on, and guess what? I got an app that turns that light off remotely. Last summer, we saw a spike in the Chateau Relaxo's power bill. And one look at the Nest app on my phone remotely showed me that someone was dropping the temperature on the thermostat mid-morning after all the bill payers had left the house. Now, so where does this bring us? Will there be a business travel technology backlash? Doubtful. Look, we're more efficient, you know. People are sidetracked all the time by technology overload. Yeah, I get it. You know, there's an in, endless supply of apps that will help to keep you focused. But like most things in life, it comes down to your own motivation and discipline. Well, there you have it. The evolution of business travel in two short, concise episodes. Thanks for listening, and safe travels. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.